You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. We have so much to talk about today. I don't want to waste too much time, Paul, but I will say it is this is your last chance to sign up for our Patreon to be in the running for our first giveaway, which is the live Gigaton CD. So... I think the people, if they're if they've been teetering on the idea of possibly becoming a patron, this would be a great opportunity to come in. You, you should have just, you know, said it was your last chance to sign up for Patreon. I should have cut you off right then and there, and mm-hmm. just let that hang for a minute, and let's see what happens. <laughs> Everybody's like, "This jerk!" This, this, yeah. I'm pulling uh, my membership just for that. No, just kidding. for that. Well. Yeah, this is the last chance. So by uh, Wednesday, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, uh, Wednesday, the 24th of August, midnight PDT. So I guess it's technically Thursday. Uh, That's the cutoff. So if you join by then, you are available and eligible to win the live Gigaton CD. We'll do the drawing at the end of the week and notify the lucky patron who has won that. Um... Link is in the bio if you are so inclined. And other than that, if you are just here to hang out with us, that's awesome. But we would like you to feed the algorithm. Paul was looking down and didn't see me waiting for him to finish my sentence. (laughs) Hence the pause. Okay. Let's dive into it. Maybe it was a pregnant pause. How do you know mm. I wasn't you know, waiting to you know drop the line with uh, some emphasis, a little with pizzazz, twins. a little oomph? <laughs> That's how long that pause was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's get into it then. Um, first things first, we want to talk about the beginnings of songs, uh, namely the intro. And there are some songs that start better than others, in our opinions, and some that they kind of just get right into things and i want to know and and paul but would like to know what i think are our five favorite or the five best intros in the entire catalog mm-hmm. let's break down the songs we'll do we'll do courses we'll do outros we'll do guitar solos we'll do all that stuff let's let's really deconstruct the catalog even more from a musical point of view and talk about the intros so um let's just start at number five paul where are you living here for your favorite intros um gosh you know what i'm gonna go with garden for this first one Uh, i love that intro to that song i've always felt that uh especially the original mix oh yeah there's just a certain ethereal kind of that the reverb there eddie's voice is just kind of trailing in and out it's not even really that decipherable at points uh, it, it's it's transportive, transform not transportive. I think is the right word. So, I've always found that that particular intro was was a defining quality to that song. Not in the way that the intro like Master Slave is to Once, which is also a great intro. It's not in my top five, but it, it's freaking killer. The thing with that one though is that you get this intro and then just the guitar start rips in, and then here we go. I think what's what's great about Garden's intro is that it's essentially the, the verse riff and it just essentially slowly and organically just builds into the song um which a lot of my favorite intros for pearl jam do as you will soon come to find i, I was gonna say i can <clears throat> i can see where we're going because i have some in my in my short list here that are along yeah. those lines i'm waiting for to hear so so with garden though that that that's a song when you say what are your five favorite intros from the pearl jam catalog i think so, what, what stands out to me is a defining quality if i was to, to try and produce some type of a rubric here it would be does the intro it doesn't have to necessarily define the song but when i first heard it or when i listen to it now is it a characteristic of the song that i think of first or mm-hmm. is it something that i would regard as the highlight of the tune 
And I'm not saying that's the best part of Garden, but it, it's something that drew me to the song initially. It's something that I, I look forward to when I listen to the original mix. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm not as big of, of a fan of the intro when on, on the Brendan O'Brien remix because it loses a lot of that um, that 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 quality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you take the reverb out to some degree; it's still there in, in, in small doses, but it just doesn't have that same. Um, that same uh sound to it anymore so for me i think that this idea of kind of going into this garden and just losing yourself in in this this very very ethereal space between i think they captured that beautifully with the original mix and so i like the idea that it it has this affective ability to kind of take you somewhere new so garden. i like the garden choice i think it's a very good choice uh and i think when you're talking about picking uh intros that are your quote-unquote favorite or quote-unquote best uh it's for me a a big quality would be um when the song starts am i hooked just from that do i uh, do i want to hear more versus some songs they build and you have to kind of wait for the hook uh, or whatever whatever the hook is for you not necessarily the hook slash chorus of the song but whatever draws you in um Cause there are some songs that I really love, but it takes a while to get to the point where I love it. And that's just kind of part of the reveal. Um, whereas if it's right out of the gate, wow, this is incredible. I can't wait to hear what's next. That's, that's probably what, where I'm looking for. So with that in mind, and by the way, that doesn't mean it's a specific kind of musical intro. It can be many different styles, but it has to grab me. Um, my first one's going to be go. Ah. And I mean, you've got that um, that false opening, uh, that beat that that Dave's doing. Um, but the real intro for me is just that how they start it live. That dun 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 dun. The bombastic full band hits before the beat comes in with everybody. It's just so powerful. It's so cathartic. You know what kind of song you're going to get right from there. And I think that especially at the time, to hear that syncopated full band strike with the production value uh that brendan had on that record versus what we heard from the original 10 which was so strikingly different you knew what was happening it's like oh wow this is this is gonna be intense so for that quality alone especially leaving the album uh, i had to have it in my five so go for me love it where are you going next i'm going with severed hand Nice. Uh, I think it's an outstanding intro that does not get nearly enough appreciation. Live, especially, it is anthemic. Uh, it rocks. It definitely gets the crowd into it. Uh, the, the swelling guitar, and you just get the, the rolling beats from Matt. It just really gets you in the mood to rock. And I think it's it's similar to what the, the effect that Go has, but it's not as syncopated. It's not as... You don't get that like staccato feel. It's not like bump, bump, bump. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a real rhythm to that opening, and uh, and I, I think that because of that, it allows I don't want to say continuity is the right word, but it allows you as a listener to just really start to feel a sense of um, what's the right word here. It, it gives you a chance to feel a, a growing sense of, of something moving towards a climax. Mm. So when you finally get into the verse. It feels like the intro slowly brought you, it, it ascended to that place. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to abruptly ending the way that Master Slave does or slowly getting you somewhere in a way that is not monotonous, but just very organic. And it's just kind of like a slow escalator ride. I feel like with this, it feels like it's it's one of those uh, amusement park rides where they hook you up <laughs> and they just like yank you up really high. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so that that that's what I love about Severed Hand. Love that choice. Love that choice. Uh, number four for me is going to be Break or Fall. Ooh. Maybe my favorite buildup in any Pearl Jam song. Maybe. Really? Maybe we'll see a little bit later if that gets eclipsed. Buildup being the key. Uh, it's just so simple, but the way that it crescendos with the guitars and Ed's screaming, it just kind of, it does a great job of catapulting the song and the album perfectly into Matt's kind of barreling down the mountain beat uh, in that song. And I think um, there are certain Ed screams throughout the catalog that people could do without. I know you're not a fan of the start of the evolution, um, the way that Ed sings comatose on the record. Uh, 
there are certain times when he doesn't scream the way people might want him to scream. I think the way that he screams that in conjunction with the guitars, it sounds like it's all kind of one just, you know, and it just works so well for the way that that song continues when the full band comes in. So always loved how the, again, this is back to back album, uh, uh, song uh, album opening songs which i didn't even realize until just now but Mm -hmm. there you go break or fall for me solid choice and i agree i I think that uh that's one of my favorite album openers as well and i think the intro to that song has a lot to do with that good call what do you got at three i'm going inside job i could make an argument for this at one it's it's to me it is definitely the most epic intro Mm -hmm. that pearl gem has ever put together I remember hearing that, thinking that when I first heard the song. It has everything that the the very rich and and textured and uh, use the word bombastic uh, 1970s classic rock anthems had. Uh, it, it just feels like it's Pearl Jam's Cashmere or or uh, you know it's uh, Smoke on the Water. It's mm-hmm. all these great classic songs that have these killer intros and. You listen to this song it's a slow build up it really really is but when that piano and the drums kick in i mean it it, usually you're waiting for it and Mm -hmm. it it, it's funny when when i first heard that intro i remember thinking to myself as it was coming it'd be so cool if if they came in with this and then boom they did it and i was thinking are you kidding me this is amazing there's very few songs where i felt that way there's a um puddle that was that puddle mud mud song blurry Remember that song? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember when I first heard the intro to that song. In my head, I heard that that extra guitar. I remember hearing that before I heard it in my head, and I'm thinking, "Did I just will this into existence?" <laughs> it was weird. It's a similar experience with Inside Job, where uh, I just felt like y- you can predict, and, and that's not a bad quality. When I say it's predictable as an intro, I think that it. It definitely plays into uh, what I would qualify as, as a, um, you know, a formula. You know, the, when you play guitar, you learn scales, right? And, and the, mm-hmm. they, they take the Dorian scale or any scale, for example. You learn how to play these scales, and there's a real rhythmic pattern, and there's a, a, a scope and a sequence to each note and how they build upon each other. I feel like what makes Inside Job so fantastic in that regard is there is that scope and sequence in the way that each piece scaffolds upon the on the next one to create what I would call real movement at the beginning of the song. So That's a great orchestra. word, scaffolds. It's a great way to uh, describe that. Uh, love that choice. Love that choice. And we've talked about the intro before about that yeah. song. So uh, next one is a, is a very different reason um, why it's in the list. That is Alive. Hmm. What a riff. An intro must be pretty strong if you're putting a singular guitar riff at the top of the song and oh by the way it's maybe the most iconic riff in the entire catalog the entire song is built around this riff and it just stands in the spotlight at the top of the song by itself comfortably and you know how you feel when you hear this riff it's the beginning of something special and there's only a handful of sort of guitar riffs or even a bass riff that when you hear it you go this is the song. It's hit me in the face. It's all by itself. It has to be really strong to just be sitting there by itself and not have any anything around it to help it. Um, and because it's so iconic, because it it's you know what this song is just from that. Uh, I had to have it on the list. What's what's annoying is there are a couple of 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 uh, songs on this list that booted. A couple of songs that ordinarily I would definitely have on here, but when I was thinking about it harder, I go, "How the hell could I not include maybe the most iconic riff of all time um, that starts this most iconic song <laughs> off?" So I had Fair. to have a live on here, um, even if it's as simple as just that one guitar riff. Hey, I can't blame you for that. And then the full band comes in. So, yeah, love it. Great choice. We're at number two now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, I, I could go to ten to be honest with you. So it's it. We're obviously doing top five here. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, "You Are" for me right here. I think that. Oh, that, nice, great choice. Another one of those songs that, uh, again, I mean, I, what I love about this intro is that it's uh, especially live. I mean, the way that they, mm. they try to get creative with what, what Mike's doing there. But when, when when Matt's drums come in, and you get that, I mean, it it. It's pretty epic. 
you know, and that line, love is a tower and you're the key. You, f- that line, what does that line sound like manifested into music? It's that, that gong epic feel <laughs> of Matt's drums coming in at the very beginning. Uh, and just the outstanding killer guitar effects. And I just think it's, it's a, a really interesting creative workshop that Matt put together. And I love the fact that they recreated, you know, he did so much of that on his own. If you listen to the demo version of that song, you really get a, a true appreciation for just how talented Matt Cameron is as a musician and how many different uh, sounds that he's able to contribute to. He's not just a drummer. Uh, I mean, we saw that firsthand when we saw the show here in LA. Right. He grabbed the guitar and got up there and sang um, and, and, and did a great cover track. So I think that this particular song here, as an intro, it, it's uniquely different. It, it feels like an intro, especially live. And uh, I really appreciate that about this particular song. So for me, I think it's just a great example of uh, it does the job of what an intro should do. You know what I mean? I would say that it deserves to be up here for the similar reasons I had Alive up there, which is you hear that guitar riff and you go, I know what this song is going to be about. And yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. So, and it's just so unique. It's so unique. That's a great show. Uh, I, number two for me, you already said this song, Severed Hand. Uh, oh. I, I oh. Man, it, we've touched on this song a couple of times over the last couple of months, uh, danced around some of the qualities here. I, I love the reverse guitars at the very beginning. Everything is layered. You said scaffolding um, for uh, Inside Job. I think this that does a good job of scaffolding as well. Um, this song does what Break or Fall does too, but it's a little bit more amplified. Uh, I think how Matt joins the party and gets things kind of revving without a traditional drum beat or, or kick drum punch kind of thing. Just kind of he kind of builds it. Um, I want to say abnormally, but not in a in a formulaic kind of stock way, which of course that's what Matt does. He doesn't do things stock. Uh, I would say there are fewer moments in the catalog where I can feel the rev of the Pearl Jam engine more than the beginning of Severed Hand, and it all kind of gives way to a pretty damn punchy and head bobbing beat and riff. Uh, you said it, it kind of feels like you've been lifted up to the top of a roller coaster, and that's exactly right. Um, it's a wonder this song A isn't played more and two not opening more shows. Mm. So there's that. But I, I think uh you're right. It's just the way this whole song builds up. And we've talked about Imagine and Cornice uh DVD mm-hmm. as a great example of that um live wise. So severed hand for me number two. Great choice, man. Uh, I had trouble, number one. Um there were a lot of contenders here. I, I, I thought about WMA. I mm. thought about Lucan. Lucan mm. is uh, wow. I think it's just a great <laughs> intro, by the way. I mean, it's a, a really, really solid one. Um, really enjoy, obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of Dissident. Really enjoy. Uh, yep. Live, obviously, too. is iconic. You know, um, so is Even Flow. But the one for me that I think is the intro alone is, is, is I have to go with Of The Girl. And I say that because t- oh, nice! It, it, when you open a show with that, and everybody just you know tapping the toes, you know what I mean, like bobbing the head, <laughs> and doing yeah. the chicken. It's it's such a killer groove, and it's it's an amazing way to open up a set. And it doesn't have to be a song; they could just open with that intro and just jam to that for three or four minutes, and they just cut to something else, and it would have been brilliant. Like it, yeah. that says everything to me about the power of that as an intro is that you don't even need the rest of the song that's how solid that is you know what i mean it's just a kill it's literally a jam session and i think it's uh it's something that you just kind of lose yourself to and and uh, to be honest with you the song itself doesn't really go much where m- m- many elsewhere places outside of that mm-hmm. intro uh it doesn't really have any stirring climaxes um i what i do think works so well about that intro though is, is how it captures mood and and the rest of the song builds on that, uh, but not in a way that that ever takes it out of that space. Uh, Garden does that for a spell before mm-hmm. you get to the very end of the song, where it really kind of explodes into something far more um, cathartic. But uh, I think of the girl, it, it lives in that space, and and because the intro essentially defines the entire integrity of the composition, for me, I think based on that alone, it it, it it's my number one favorite intro. For that reason, but I, I no way am I suggesting it's you know 
it, it, it's necessarily a, a better intro than some of the other songs that we've cited. But the reason I, I like it is for the reasons I just cited. I think it's an excellent choice. Uh, I somehow spaced on that one, but I would definitely, I, w- I would have had a really hard time keeping it out of the top five. And, and I think one thing you'll probably agree with me is that when you said you could probably do a 10 is this five was, they're all kind of, I didn't even touch by the way, um, lost dogs. I mean, I didn't go through any of those songs. I just stuck with the, the, the albums cause there were songs on here. I mean, down alone, one of my favorite intros to a song, really enjoy that one. That's Education intro, yeah. is cool. I mean, there's, you know, there's yellow lead better. Jesus. That's one, <laughs> it's one of the most yeah. iconic Pearl Jam intros of all time. So there's probably people listening. They're like, you let me get this straight. You went with, <laughs> you are an of the girl over yellow lead better hard to imagine alive and it's like what, what are you smoking paul it's like well listen hey. there, there are so many hard ones and again this is one of those five top fives wash could, huh I mean, oh man <laughs> you can change your opinion you know, next week <laughs> pretty easily i'll tell you right I'll, I'll give you my number one and then i'll go through some of the other uh yeah, let's, let's, mentions that, that uh, really here's a question in. have okay. i mentioned it yet what who where your number one uh yes you have oh interesting okay Let's it hear wasn't it. a choice of yours but you mentioned it okay uh my selection is once oh solid there's a lot of reasons that you could argue that this song has an unfair advantage it was my introduction to the band quite frankly well so that's one of them right so it has the master slave thing giving it a little bit of a boost on the record um as far as a kind of establishing a vibe um hell it's the first piece of music you hear when you spin the the first record back then Mm -hmm. um, as you found out as a kid Um, but it's really this simple slight change that revolves around that deconstructed d chord that is everything it's this chorus riff and the main melody but the way it's able to live on its own at the top is just fabulous to me Uh, it's able to do it's able to do it just as well as alive for me, but it's a bit more dynamic and it's all punctuated by both guitars banging on the A sharp chord. Fewer intros get me as pumped up as this one. And and for that, it's gotta be right now my favorite intro. And I think especially coming out of Master Slave, how it just punches, um, it just kind of like jolts you out of your little musical um dream almost on the record just makes it just a fantastic intro um so it's number one right now but you've listed a bunch of songs that could easily be there i mean i didn't mention jeremy i mean that's iconic uh i think given the fly has has a great opening i think uh present tense is a great opening through the evolution is a great opening you mentioned Ledbetter. hell how fun is satan's bed opening with the whip do 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 it's amazing <laughs> tremor christ last exit with the piccolo snare that dave's doing yeah dissident uh you mentioned garden dance of the clairvoyance that's a tremendous yeah. opening how pendulum i mean yeah so many so many so many so many good ones so for right now my five is go break or fall alive severed hand once and yours is uh i had I closed the tap. <laughs> Let's see. I had um, my number one was of the girl. I had you are. Mm-hmm. I had um, garden. The garden was five. I had uh, severed hand. I had severed hand and I had inside job. Yes. There you go. I am really curious as to what you guys think because I know we've mentioned a bunch here and there's probably more that you guys. I just love Hitchhiker, you know? It's just so good. <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys have got some really great shouts and some great reasonings as to why that our choices are wrong. But listen, just food for thought. It's all just a conversation, man. You know? So uh, let us know what your five favorite intros are in the comments down below, wherever you're listening to this, on our Facebook, yada, 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 yada. For now, though, we're going to shift. We're going to pivot. For my friends, fans, we're going to pivot over to something we haven't done in a little while, but it's a series. It's a limited series, limited run series. Essential song. Uh, we we decide what we think the most essential song of a record is and tell you why. And today we're going to do Backspacer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I will go first. And then, Paul, you will tell me why I'm wrong and pick yours, unless it's the same thing, in which case, yay, I did it. All right. So, this is an interesting record to find an essential song because a lot of people don't like this record. Too Stip, positive, not apparently. Included. Yeah, a, not included. No, Stip not included. It's a no. masterpiece, according to Stip. 37 minutes of pure, unadulterated fun. <laughs> uh, my choice, well, hold on. Let's back it up a little bit. In an album of celebrating life and all it has to offer, I think musically and lyrically, there's no song more um, the pinnacle of that principle than Amongst the Waves. Ooh, that's not my choice, but I can't wait to hear why it is. Okay, well, the concept of love taking a flawed, possibly broken human and elevating them to feel like they're finally winning this game of life. That they're finally above the murky waters below hell. Not just above them, but they're riding on them. You know, like a subtle fuck you to the negativity out there. I love that imagery. That This is it, man. This is it. But, but back to why the subject is celebrating. They're celebrating finding love and how it makes them feel. If there's a greater reason for celebrating and I don't know what it is. And there are a lot of great songs on Back of Spacer talking about positivity regarding, we got music, we got friendship, uh, and there's some drugs on there, shit, I don't know. Um, and, uh, but this one just has an elevated quality to it, a lift em up kind of vibe that isn't quite there on Unthought Known or Force of Nature or The Fixer or even Just Breathe which is a very lovely song which you might be choosing as your as your most um, essential song but you know to pick to pick an acoustic ballad as the most essential song on a rock record that's punchy and, and raucous and short and punky I think that's just silly but listen hey who am I to say I'm Jason so I say amongst the waves Paul why am I wrong so this is the most positive album that uh, they've ever recorded, but we, we get a lot of different influences. Get some new wave elements to it, not in the way we do on Gigaton, obviously, but this, the, the, there's some shades of pop on here. Uh, it's, it's very sparse, 37 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, you're in and you're out. And, and Eddie had mentioned when they recorded this particular record, how this, you know, post-Obama, and it was kind of a new, I don't want to say a new lease on life for the band, but they, they they had a different, more positive outlook on the direction of where things were headed, both in this company, art company, in this society, in this country, is what mm-hmm. I meant to say. And uh, I feel like they looked at this as an opportunity to not take it easy, but they, they had developed a brand as being very pointed and political in a lot of their compositions and the records that they had been making in the last couple of years leading up to this particular album. And I feel that they really enjoyed the opportunity to just go back and make music and just put down some composition or uh, put down some percussion and some grooves and some rhythms and some melodies. Eddie didn't spend more than like half an hour on the lyrics of any of these songs. At least that that's what he's quoted as saying. Like, like, if it's not going to happen quick, then I don't want to do it is what he said, because it means there's another one out there. that's going to happen quick is going to hit you like a lightning bolt, which ironically was <laughs> written on that session. Right. right. It kind of yeah. has that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, 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 the Led Zeppelin feel with, um, uh, God, why is it evading me now? But, Immigrant song? No. Um, <laughs> the, the, an album? Yeah, it's an album that has a title, and the title is on... Uh, oh, uh, House of the Holy. House of the Holy, thank you. So that's it's a great track that shows up on a different album, you know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> but uh, So for me, like Lightning Bolt, I think of that quote, and uh, it's always fascinating me because that ended up being literally the, the name of the next album that they that they did so <clears throat> i think that when you have an album that is is so very very positive it's it's really hard to not choose a song like just breathe but to me just breathe is, is eddie 
You know what I mean? Like when we saw them in 09, it mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, a couple of strings and Eddie with a guitar. It was not a full band compliment. So it's hard for me to choose a song like Just Breathe and say that's the quintessential song on the record. But a song like Unthought Known, I can absolutely choose. Okay. And <laughs> the, the, there's a level of positivity in the buildup, but it doesn't, it doesn't fall victim to the lyrical pitfalls that Fixer does. Mm. And I think that what's so interesting about uh, Unthought Known is that there's this buildup to gems and rhinestones. Fantastic and, line. And, and it. it is yeah. a great line. And it, it, the song glitters, man. It literally shimmers and glitters. And, and I am okay with that. And I am all on board with it. And uh, I don't know, man. It's I, I literally see stars in the night sky twinkling when I listen to the song. And, and, and I mean that in the most positive ways. And uh, I just think that for for a record to to be able to see light and darkness, I think that that song captures what that feels like on so many levels. So to me, I think it is a defining essential song to this record. And, and I think to a lot of people, it, it, it's arguably one of one of their favorite songs. I mean, for me, it's hard to argue that's not the the best song on the record. There's a lot of great ones. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Just Breathe was the one that takes the cake for a lot of folks. At least it's the most popular and best selling track. Unthought known to me, central track. Well, it has been played the most times mm-hmm. out of any song on that record. Thirty-seven. Uh, Live also- footsteps coming in to close it out for Paul yet again. <laughs> Uh, funny enough, Got Some is the next most played. Well, that was a single, right? That yeah. was connected to yeah, us. I, I wonder if they, uh, because they were pushing the two out as singles. Possible. They, they, you know, possible. They Just Breathe, 110. Just for one behind. Uh, amongst the Lives, only 52. Hmm. Deserves more. Deserves more. I like the Unthought Known Choice. Um, how it all kind of gets to dream the dreams of other men. Um, you'll be no man's rival. I've always loved that. That was our lyric of the week from that song actually as picked by one lenny prado of black circle um great choice can't complain i think we and and judging by what they've played from that album uh this calendar year i think we've chosen wisely because those are like the only two fucking songs of that record that they've played so (laughs) love to know your guys's thoughts on the most essential song from backspacer somebody says Backspacer, that's a Pearl Jam record. What's uh give me one song I gotta listen to? What are you telling them? I'm telling amongst the waves, Paul saying unthought known. What are you telling them? Uh again, comment in the comment section or on Facebook or Instagram, or whatever, and let's keep that discussion rolling. But for now, we are moving on to our lyric of the week. Lyric of the week this week comes from Backspacer, as luck would have it, and it is supersonic. Alright, Paul. Supersonic, these lyrics <laughs> come right smack dab in the middle. Yep. Uh talk to me about this set. Well, first of all, I could make a compelling case that I'm not the paper, I'm more like the fold, is one of the best lyrics Eddie Vedder has ever written. Go on. I, I, it, it is the, the subtext, the um, illusion, not illusion, but the the metaphor here could be interpreted in so many different ways. I love the ambiguity of it if you want to see it that way. But this idea that you're just downtrodden and you're the folds in paper, like a paper gets wrinkled or folded up and it's like you are like the, the part that gets bent and covered and hidden and just disregarded. You know what I mean? It, it says so much on so many levels about what it feels like to be dismissed, about what it feels like to not be able to get ahead, to not feel seen, uh, to not feel important. Um it's it's so visual you know what i mean the visual says so much about that so i i think it's it's it might be one of the to me it's one of the top three or four lines on this entire record and it is so just 
subversive. Like if you, you wouldn't even know it's there. It took mm. me a long time to really sit because I don't listen to the song very often. Uh, now, I mean, I can tell you now, like I would, I would seek this song out just to listen to this set of lyrics, because I think that this is one of those songs where the lyrics in certain spots actually supersede the music itself. Cause I don't think it's a particularly special song musically. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I'm not saying it's pedestrian, but I, I, I find it to be very, um, it's kind of stock. Yeah. 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 It's formulaic in, in some regards. Uh, it, it seems to be a song that. I don't want to say it's a celebration of music or a, a love of music, but that, that seems to be what it, you know, the supersonic is, is just the, the, but they do that so often, you know, let's write mm-hmm. an ode to music and you can go all the way back to uh, spin the black circle for that if you want. But I don't particularly find that approach to music to be very interesting, but I know that they have a great affinity for music and they love talking about their influences and vinyl and records and the stuff they grew up listening to and that inspires them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that said, though, <clears throat> that line, though, that, that th- there's character in that line. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the big smile with a toothless grin at the beginning. You know, can't, I, I catch a break, then a punch to the head. I mean, that is what it feels like to be the fold of the paper. Um, so I, I really appreciate the visual metaphor of a line like this. And, and I think that uh, it's hard to find. a. If we did a, a, an exercise where we said, okay, take five songs where a single line from the song is basically the song in a nutshell. Find find five mm-hmm. songs where you can pick out a single line and that one line defines the song as a whole. I think to me, this is a great example of that. Well, I, I've always really liked, um, I mean, what you just said about that one particular line, I, I think is right. I, I don't think I saw that for a long time myself, but at, when you read it after the previous two lines yeah i've been thinking i already know nothing about nothing or so i have been told this idea that you don't have a very high opinion of yourself because you don't have any confidence and people have been telling you that the whole your whole life and so you just kind of believe it to be real um that negativity that lack of confidence that 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 just sucks and i think a lot of people have been there before um because society can be very especially when you're a kid right people kids can be fucking dicks and just put you down <laughs> for no reason because it makes them feel better and then you know there's peer pressure and other kids want to follow and just kind of piles on so i totally understand the first three quarters of this it's the last line that i have never understood and the internet is not is no help because people think it's you know making a blunt or something it's like it's okay um i cut the crease put the shit in the hole uh I believe it's W H O L E, not just H O L E, um, which is better because it's obviously something more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphoric. I just don't know what the hell the metaphor is. Do you have any idea what this crease? line? I cut the crease, put the shit in the hole. Well, yeah. If you you fold paper right, and you cut along the crease. Yeah, it's it, it, he is the fold, and he cuts the crease and puts the shit in the hole. To me, it's like it, I, I'm discarding myself. Like I'm just I'm you know I'm wasting. I'm, I'm making, like, I'm, but there's no hole. If you cut the crease, you're just cutting paper in half. Right. So I'm saying, like to me, it was like throwing it away. Like I cut the crease, and it's cut in half, and you just throw it away. Shit. The hole meaning the trash can. So you think it's H O L E? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that. I think that that's that's an easy way to to read into it. If you hmm. want to read it into it as like H or W H O L E, I think it's kind of like, like the whole right, thing, like the, the whole, whole thing. But I mean, it's it it it, it it's weird because "whole" is an adjective, but it, it, to use it as a noun doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? I know that's why I'm confused. Uh, <clears throat> that's why. And, that's and why I, to me. I, how I do you read cut a crease? How do you cut? Oh, how do you cut the crease? If you cut the crease, then you've you've completely divided the thing. You could the word whole can be a noun. Don't get me wrong. Like we can talk about uh, the pieces, the halves, or the holes, right? So I, I, you can you can sure. use the word whole as a noun. I just think the way it reads here, it's very awkward to to say it that way. Right, and, I, so and it, you know, listen, it, it is no stranger to you know uh, jamming words where they don't belong grammatically. 
um there was the whole prey versus prey thing right in uh in uh in breakerfall there's you know adding extra syllables to words like obligated and perfectly there's all kinds of weird grammatical things that he does just for the effect of the line i just don't get this one i, I am stuck on and you you make a good point that that's that, that very well could be what it is but I don't know that I'm fully convinced. And because of that, it frustrates me knowing. Well, a lot of this record, like going to see my, there, there's a lot of metaphors of, of like, he uses drug analogies for music a lot, where it'll make it sound like you're doing sure. a deal to get a fix. And re in reality, the fix is music. Got so this idea of yeah. like the shit, meaning like heroin, putting it in the hole of your arm, when in fact, it's really the, the shit is actually music. And I'm putting it into my veins. I'm injecting myself with music. You know what I mean? So it's so it's I, so vague. It is. I agree. That's why it, it's that, that first line, though, to me, and not the first line, but the first three, I think, really stand solid. I like those ones a lot. Yes, yeah. I agree. Anybody else just frustrated with this with this line? I just it always <laughs> bugs the hell out of me because I I I feel like I'm just missing something really really cool. And the internet again was no help. I was like, "What is everybody else saying about this?" I'm like, "Nope, not helpful." You know, nope. if we ever have the privilege, this will be one of the. We should catalog some of these things because these will be the questions that nobody. And what to the ask. hell are you talking about here? Can, Ed, can we talk about Supersonic off of Backspacer? <laughs> like, I want to go to. I want to go to the second second uh, verse here. I want to talk specifically about no, or the third verse part, the last line. Help, help us with this one. It's like, guys, seriously, like, he's like, you want to talk about the Mama San trilogy? You're not you, asking me about the, uh, who Black is about. You want to talk about the last line of Superstar? Edward Jerome, can you please? Yeah, I've got you for 15 minutes. <laughs> Let's talk Supersonic, my friend. Well, listen, we're not going to get to the bottom of this, but um, I, I'm curious if you guys have opinions. If you guys think it's just a drug thing, if you think I'm just an idiot and it's obviously this, that, or the other thing, if it's something that we haven't even spoken about, please. This is what I love about our listeners because they are going to. They will. They will get in and they will let us know that radiance, and it's right in front of us. <laughs> Dude, every week, every week we get we get those DMs on Instagram, yeah. or we it's get great. Um, Keep them coming. I love it. This is what I'm thinking about this. Like, good. Please tell me because you're probably helping me out a lot. Okay, well, you know, let's 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 put a pin in that and let's talk about the best live version of this song in our live card of the week. Live cut of Supersonic Back to the 09 tour. Where are we going? Uh, we're going to Chicago. Okay. We're going there on August 23rd, 
Paul, tell me why you've chosen this Chicago um, performance as your favorite. Ah, it's just the energy of it. I don't know. There's something about Eddie playing in Chicago. You know, it just brings out the best. I think in, in the whole band. Same with San Diego. You really find a lot of quality cuts of songs. Great stories, oftentimes, in between the songs as well. Uh, this is one of those songs where, where to me, it, it's all about tone. It's about energy. Uh, I mean, the recordings at this point in the band's career are all going to be solid. I mean, they're, they're mixed, they're they're put mm -hmm. together well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like you're sifting through bootlegs from, you know, Thailand in 95 or something like that. I mean, you're, you know, you, you're going to get some quality boots, obviously. And they're not even boots. They're just produced shows at this point. Uh, so I just like this this particular version. It always stood out to me as just being high octane. And I think for a song like that, it it it, it should be performed like it's supersonic. And I feel like this one particular it stands out in that regard. So is it flawless? Not necessarily, but uh that that was the feeling it left me with. I think that's why it is uh the best choice. It's down and dirty. And you know, it's mm -hmm. it's not as pretty as the album. I like it that way. I think it has the I love this the slide intro that came out of nowhere. That, that was, that was big very for me. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think Mike's guitar was just very, very present in this one too. And he did some really cool stuff with it. So I like the choice. Um, there's only been 19 performances. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not like I have, you know, a hundred copies to work with here. So, yeah. So, uh, curious if you guys agree or, um, have you even listened to supersonic Black before only 19 <laughs> versions and you may not have the boot, but here's our favorite. Tell us what you think. A treat for you. Yeah. All right, guys. That's the show. Um, we will be interviewing someone very soon. Uh, it's a an author of a new Pearl Jam book. It's coming out, uh, I believe, this Friday the 26th. Is, is Friday the 26th? It is, right? It is. Right. This Friday the 26th, um, a, a man by the name of Ben L. Connor has written a book about Pearl Jam. And it is called, let me pull it up real fast. Do, do, do. I believe it's called Track by Track. Let me just double check here. Pearl Jam, every album, every song by Ben L. Connor, available. Uh, it says published June 30th, 2022, but it's not available for purchase yet on, uh, on Amazon. Amazon, it says 26th. So, yeah. You can put in your pre-order now if you'd like, and we'll be interviewing that author very, very soon for an upcoming episode. He's sent us a couple of copies, so they'll be uh, at our doorsteps very soon. So we've got that coming up for you. And what else do we have? Um, yeah, if you want to be a patron, no better time than now. You've got uh, two more, no, 24 hours, basically, mm -hmm. to uh, sign up to be eligible for the live Gigaton CD um, giveaway. We've got the... 2020 30th anniversary of the off-ramp show poster giveaway that'll come up later in the year yep we've also got uh dropping the show episode five coming out in a week mm -hmm. we've got uh oh how about this actually we've got to schedule our first uh q a chat with the patrons but also our friends mike and kelly from santa clarita who um, took a couple of our t-shirts out. To yeah, the you shared shows. this with me. How cool is this? They are going to send us, um, they're going to give us uh, uh, two shirts from each show. So I guess when you buy a ticket package to the Hyde Park shows, they gave you a t-shirt for that day. They went to both shows, so they have four shirts, two black, two blue. Unbelievable. All, they're all size large, and they are just giving them to us for patron get patreon giveaways so they're mailing the shirts to me we're gonna make that a giveaway so thank hey. you mike and kelly how hey, cool is that the giving tree on state of love and trust <laughs> yeah yeah shell silverstein our Silverstein. next guest look <laughs> if he was still alive we're gonna look. exhume him <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we also got this guy huh you talk about this guy oh, and that man, shirt dadding yeah the sexy vegan um the sexy vegan Lovely guy, another uh, Los Angeles resident who has a lovely channel uh, on Instagram called The Sexy Vegan, where he creates um, interesting and delicious meals for those of uh, us, not us, but those of us in society who prefer not to eat meat. And he is a funny guy, and we are bouncing ideas back and forth to do some sort of collaboration. Maybe we'll go to his house and cook food. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. 
but it's gonna be fun. And he posted on his Instagram uh, him wearing our black T-shirt that I'm currently wearing right now. Yeah, and, state um, of love and trust a Pearl Jam podcast shirt. He he yeah. he, uh, he got it triggered a mega Pearl Jam nerd conversation with another dad who happened to notice the shirt and was like, "Hey man, that shirt, I approve. I approve." Yeah. So you could get one for yourself if you'd like. You you could. That 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 stores though, but I got I feel like such a shill just peddling all this stuff. But look, here's the deal. If you don't want to do any of that stuff, why don't you just do this? Yeah. Rate this podcast, mm-hmm. give it a review, mm-hmm. positive, negative, otherwise, even just a one word, just exclamation point. Or just how about this? A period. Hole. That that could be interpreted. That's the hole from Supersonic that we've been yeah. trying to figure out. It's in your review. A simple period that can be interpreted a lot of ways, like greatest podcast ever. Period or like period. Do not download this. I don't know. However you want. However you want. just put it. Just type a red dot. Yeah, a red dot. Even better. I love that too. You know, mm-hmm. and, and there's some, some double entendre meaning there. So I think that the uh, what is this is a Cotex commercial. I don't, I don't know. Look, point is rate, review, yeah. subscribe unsubscribe and then subscribe again feed that algorithm we need you like badly like uh, I, i've had a rough weekend man <laughs> guys we've had the life yeah, we were talking about this off we're not gonna... the last week or so has been we spared you we yeah, spared we you good people of, of 15 minutes of us ranting about it all uh, at the beginning of the show instead you got nothing but pearl jam and we're gonna leave it that way jason we are gonna leave it that way so we will be back with you next week for another new episode and uh, thank you for joining us again. We love it. We love you for it, and we appreciate it. No matter if you're a patron or a Gen Pop listener, because we love the Gen Pop people as well. They're fat, those people. Uh, we'll see you next week for another yep. episode of the State of Love and Trust. Yeah.